Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Did you know I almost failed my commercial pilot checkride? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the Commercial Pilot Checkride brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. You actually head over to m0atrial.com to head over and take a free trial of that course. We'd love to have you in there. Two weeks, no strings attached to check that out. Yes, I almost failed my commercial pilot checkride. Uh, it, um, it didn't get off to a very good start, and it's because, and I've shared this before in the, in the private pilot um, uh I've shared this in the Private Pilot Podcast and the Instrument Pilot Podcast as well and in this podcast, that don't let anyone tell you that the commercial pilot checkride is a glorified private pilot checkride. I absolutely hate um, when that verbiage is, uh, is used. There's nothing could be further from the truth. A commercial pilot checkride, as I hope this sample questions that I pulled are going to prove that to you, is an entirely different animal. So what I want to do is I don't want to pick just any three uh, commercial pilot checkride questions to ask you. I want to pick three that have stuck with me over the decade plus now of that traumatizing day of nearly failing my commercial pilot checkride. And when I say nearly failed, it literally got to the point where he said to me, Jason, if you don't know this question, we're gonna be done for the day. And thankfully I knew the next question and the next question after that, before you knew it, we were in the airplane. And I unfortunately was one of those students early on who had this mindset of, uh, if I can just get to the airplane, right? Anybody ever have, ever have that mindset before? If I can just get to uh, the airplane, if I can just get out of the oral exam, get to the airplane, I'll be fine. That's not the right attitude to have. Again, ironically, look what we do for a living now. So. Um, Anyways, uh, the three questions that I chose, I chose them very purposefully because they're three questions that absolutely stumped me. And I, I want to share them not for their difficulty because you may know some of these, some you may not. So three questions, let's dive into it now here together. What are the three types of hydroplaning? What are the three types of hydroplaning. This one's this one's always intrigued me. I, I remember sitting there on my commercial pilot checker going, the, there's different types of hydroplane. I thought you just uh, hydroplane. I, I didn't know uh, that was even possible. But there are three different types of hydroplaning. They are dynamic, viscous, and reverted rubber. Dynamic hydroplaning is, is what you think of most commonly. It's the deeper water. Uh, it's the tires break contact with the ground. When you, when you um, hydroplane in your car, this is usually dynamic hydroplaning. Then we have viscous hydroplaning. This happens at slower speeds typically, and this actually does not need water uh, to happen. This could be uh, something like oil or some other contaminant on the, on the taxiway, on the runway, that could certainly cause this. And then lastly is reverted rubber. Reverted rubber needs two things. It needs water and it needs heat. And reverted rubber actually happens 
it's very, very shallow water or, or hardly any, just a, just a coating. Maybe it rained, the runway drained really well, and there's just, the, the, the pavement is wet, but not like wet that you couldn't walk in and not get your shoes wet or anything like that. What happens is you land, maybe you lock up the brakes, you lock up the tires, and you create some heat. Well, heat with that little bit of moisture there, you're going to then eventually create a little bit of steam that steam, that vapor essentially, gets between your tire and the runway and causes reverted rubber hydroplaning. You need to create steam though for reverted rubber hydroplaning to actually happen. So the question was, what are the three types of hydroplaning? They are dynamic, viscous, and reverted rubber. Next is, what is the difference between a de-ice and an anti-ice system? What's the difference between a de-ice and an anti-ice system? Remember it this way. A de-ice system is used to eliminate ice that has formed. An anti-ice system is used to prevent icing. Let me say that again. De-ice eliminates, anti-ice prevents. Sometimes you'll have one or the other or even a combination of the two on your aircraft. The next question they're going to ask is explain uh, or, or tell me what are some anti-ice systems, what are some de-ice systems, so make sure you know and understand those. Lastly, and this one sounds so easy and I thought it was easy as well, but this checkride examiner in particular said, Jason, we're doing a checkride at the commercial pilot level. We need to step up our game. The question is, what are the three P's? Or what is the three P checklist? Well, it, I gave the answer as, as I knew the acronym to perceive, to process, and to perform. However, while that's not an incorrect answer, he was certainly looking for a lot more. And I actually have some notes here so I can follow along um, with you as well. When he said perceive, what does it mean to perceive. Perceive my hazards using the PAVE checklist. So the PAVE checklist is our pilot, airplane, the V from environment, and our external pressures. Perceive the hazards. What are the hazards related to the pilot? Your experience, your currency, your physical, emotional conditions, all those things can apply. The aircraft, your fuel reserves, aircraft performance, um, your experience in that type of aircraft. Is the aircraft equipped for such a flight? The V from environment, environment, the perceive the hazards of possible airport conditions, weather, runways, lighting, terrain, whatever may be in that area. And then E, the external pressures. Do you have an allowance for delays, diversions, alternate plans, uh, personnel, if the need should arise? So when the, the first P and the three Ps perceive, it's talking about the pave checklist, which is something we're all pretty familiar with. Then it takes a little bit of a left turn here. Process. Process the hazards using something, again, these are FAA checklists, called the CARE checklist. This may be the first time you're hearing this. This is, again, commercial pilot level stuff that you need to know and understand. The CARE checklist. The CARE checklist allows you to evaluate the level and the severity of the actual risk. CARE stands for the C is consequences. Evaluate the consequences that could arise that are attributed to each hazard. 
A is the alternatives. Evaluate all available options and alternatives for this hazard. R is the reality. I acknowledge and address what is really happening, not uh, wishful thinking. I sure wish that thunderstorm uh, would dissipate quickly, or I think it's going to do this. What is the reality, living in Realville, uh, of the situation? And then the E in care is just like the E in pave. It's our external pressures. Where the E in PAVE, they used it to talk about external pressures. Uh, did you allow for delays, diversions? Are you willing to go for alternates? The E in the care checklist, the external pressures, they're talking about things like get-home-itis, right? I just, I'm, I'm stuck. There's nowhere to stay here. There's no Uber service here. There's no hotels. I just need to get home. That's what they mean when they say that. And the third P in the three Ps is to perform. Perform the risk management but perform the risk management using the TEAM checklist. Probably two new FAA acronyms for you, the CARE checklist and the TEAM, T-E-A-M checklist. The T in TEAM is to transfer. Can I transfer any responsibilities to someone else? Meaning, I don't mean, maybe responsibility is the wrong word to use. Can I transfer any workload to someone else? Maybe ATC can help me out with the situation. Maybe there's another crew member uh, that I can pass off a few tasks to to make my life a little bit easier. Then the E is eliminate. Can I eliminate this hazard? Can we just be done with this thing once and for all? A is to accept. Do the benefits outweigh the risks? And I need to accept that and move forward with that because the M is to mitigate. If there is any risk, what can I do to mitigate it, to minimize, that's another word, also start with an M, uh, to minimize or mitigate that risk all together. So the questions were, what are the three types of hydroplaning? What's the difference between de-ice and anti-ice? And what is the three P's or the three P checklist? Again, three uh, commercial pilot level checkride questions as you can certainly hear by listening to this. It's not about just naming the three P's. It's about explaining them and going into that greater detail. So listen, I hope you're really enjoying this podcast. Thank you for rating it five stars on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. If you're watching on YouTube for the thumbs up as well. Thank you for that. Thank you for being a blessing to myself and this entire M0A.com team here. If there's anything, anything at all we can do uh, that today, this week, whatever it may be to make you a safer, smarter pilot, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Enjoy the rest of your day and most importantly, remember, a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.